And here's how it goes. Nine out of 10 times, they'll give me a prayer need. 1% of the time, they'll walk away cursing because they hate God and hate the church. Nine out of 10 times, they get a prayer need. If I walk up and, I, and I've got my, my t-shirt on that says, Jesus beat the devil with a big stick, shoot. Right, I got on one awesome of those. shirt. Awesome. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I got one of those. Who's this guy? So it instantly opens the door for conversation and evangelism. So this collar, the, the, the wearing of a collar, goes back to the early 1800s when the, the Presbyterians in England were protesting capitalism, the kind of capitalism that crushed the poor. Then the Anglican clergy picked it up. And then the Roman Catholic clergy picked it up. So the irony that the collar is now a symbol for Roman Catholic clergy is kind of funny because it started with the Presbyterians. But it's it's been you know Methodists and many Lutherans many wear the collar now because it's become a pretty universal symbol. Mm -hmm. There are variations to it, you know, solid white or just you got a white tab or all kinds of stuff. But wearing a collar today for for clergy is sort of like the UPS guy wearing his uniform. And when a UPS guy walks into any place, he doesn't even ask. He just walks behind the counter, gets his stuff, and leaves, and nobody says a word to him mm -hmm. because people know based on the way that he's dressed who and what he is. Yeah. And if you work for UPS, you have to turn in your jacket when you quit. You can't keep it, because they won't let anybody go around and impersonate them. Yeah, you, you can get away with a lot of stuff if you're wearing a UPS jacket. Right, <laughs> and so if, now think about that, how many Christians have no problem with the UPS guys being held to an account, mm -hmm. but not the pastors. And this is something I've heard a lot of critique from coming from a low church background. What would you say to people when they're like, I just think that's very arrogant. You know, I've heard that a lot. Like, well, I think it's, it's so arrogant, arrogant the other way. Okay, okay. The, and the arrogance the other way is the refusal to submit to the decision process in the church. Paul says uh, um, to have nothing to do with an unruly person. One of once after a second time, have nothing to do with him. And the word unruly there is a definitive term. It's a very definite term in the Greek, and it means not submitted to ecclesiastical authority. So the people who don't listen to the authority of the church should be dismissed. And that created the dissenters and the nonconformists in many ways. They said, we don't have any authority. Right? Look at the founding of our nation, right? Um, don't tread on me. Mm -hmm. Or even Wilkes Booth, when he, after he shot Lincoln, six Semper Tyrannus, you know what I mean? They're down with the tyrants. So, you know, this is, this is part of our American heritage, mm -hmm. is to be anti-authority. That's not gospel. We, we, in, a, in a very real way, we've baptized our civil liberties for the freedom of religion and brought that into the church. It's very much the other way around. What does the scripture say, right? So this, is a practice. It's a custom. If my bishop says, stop wearing a collar, I'll stop wearing a collar. If he says, I want you to wear a certain kind, I'll wear a certain kind because I'm under authority. Mm -hmm. If he says, just be presentable, I trust your judgment, then I'm free to do as I choose, which is what my bishop, that's how he looks at it. He doesn't require that we wear cassocks or all black or collars. He doesn't do that. But our standard practice is that on Sundays we do. But I have discovered uh, right after I was made a deacon and started wearing a collar, that the very easy evangelism that takes place, and that when I walk up to people at the county fair, like I'm going to do this week with a collar on, and I say, can I pray for you? And here's how it goes. Nine out of ten times, they'll give me a prayer need. One percent of the time, they'll walk away cursing because they hate God and hate the church. Nine out of ten times, they get a prayer need. If I walk up and, I, and I've got my, my t-shirt on that says, Jesus beat the devil with a big stick shirt. Right? I got on one awesome of those. Shirt. Awesome shirt. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I got one of those. Who's this guy? So it instantly opens the door for conversation and evangelism. So, so actually, that's kind of interesting, you know, because one thing we joke about is we try to never tell people we're in ministry where we live because they immediately assume the absolute worst. Mm -hmm.
But you found by wearing the uh, the priest, what you call it, cassock, right? The cassock is the, is the um, you know the full length black robe. Okay. So but by wearing like the priestly vestments that mm -hmm. you're wearing, it's actually the opposite. You've experienced. Well, and I'm I'm of the temperament that if I found that people were antagonistic, I would double down. Mm -hmm. So for example, I don't wear my cassock daily. I did when COVID first started. I walked around my town with it on, just as a sign to pray with people. And there were some folks that stopped to talk with me. But if I found that it created more, fr like it created more friction, I would like just wearing a collar, I'd probably start wearing a cassock. Because now what I'm doing is I'm resisting misconception and in resisting the misconception, I'm creating a correct definition. Mm, okay. So I'm either going to let them maintain the perceptions that they have, or I'm going to address it. And clothing and the way that we carry ourselves anyway speaks first before our words do. Mm -hmm. And so we want to preach the Lord in every way that we can. And the cassock, I mean, it's just simple. Or the, just the black, I call it, super simple.